title of the message is uh, Life on the Front Lines. Life on the Front Lines. Um, you know, back in the day when uh, there was, uh, there was uh, uh, wars that were done, you'll see pictures of this where armies will line up in a field and they'll face each other. And so there are rows of army men on either side and then, and then they either start marching or they start shooting at one another. And, and it didn't make sense, but they, so they're, they're marching toward each other and then finally the, they get hand-to-hand combat. But th- that was war. So then, you know, the, you could say the community was okay because the war was here. You know, and and the decision was made here on the battlefield. But we've come to realize something about war, that there's a different kind of war, and it's a sneaky kind of war. And so um, we've heard a term used called guerrilla warfare. And I I just want to read something to you. I looked up online and it said, this is what the CIA said about guerrilla warfare. The use of hit-and-run tactics by small mobile groups of irregular forces operating in a territory controlled by hostile force in concert with an overall political military strategy against conventional uh, military forces. Tactics include the use of consistently or constantly shifting attacks and operations and the use of sabotage and terrorism, also harassment, striking swiftly and unexpectedly. They raid supply uh, outposts and installations. They ambush, ambush patrols and supply convoys, and they cut off communication lines, hoping thereby to disrupt, uh, disrupt the activities and to capture equipment and supplies for their own use. Because of their mobility, they disperse the dispersal of their forces into small groups, and their ability then to disappear among the civilian population. Gorillas are extremely difficult to capture. So, as you've come along in your faith, you've realized that praying into this warfare that's going on, praying into this place where the battle really is. There's a warfare going on and the lives of people are at stake. It's not a fair thing because when sometimes when you think you're safe, um, you're not. That it's happening all around. There's skirmishes that can happen in your own family. Um, and so, over the this last uh, four weeks, we've been... We've been uh, coming together and realizing that the most powerful thing that we can do is pray to Almighty God and, uh, and making sure that we understand His plan through His Word. Uh, the Bible says the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit, and uh, prayer is that direct line 
with our commander, direct line with God Almighty. And so, um, so we've been talking then about prayer and how you learn how to pray and some of the things that uh, have developed in your life. And, and I asked a brother of ours, Howard, I said, hey, I'd like, to, I'd like you to come up and share a little bit. So Howard, would you come up? And I, I'm going to interview him just a little bit here. And I, I said, here's the three questions I, I want uh, to interview you with. And so you have to stand in front of this mic here. And I've got the one on my chin here. But Okay, thanks, Howard. And how was your drive back from Oregon? When did you get in? Uh, a little after midnight. Okay. Yeah. So then you had to set your clock ahead and... No, I forgot to do that. <laughs> <laughs> But my phone did it automatically. Oh, so okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So anybody else get to bed after midnight last night? Anybody else? Look at this. You're among friends, Howard. Yeah. So you're not the only one. So uh, I, I appreciate this brother, and he's been uh, here uh, with us for quite a while. And I said, Howard, here's, here's what I want to ask. And I've been asking the different people that come up. How did you, how did you learn how to pray? Well, um, I wasn't raised in a Christian home, so um, I started going to church, and you would hear the pastor pray, or you hear other people pray, um, but then the Lord put it on my heart about effective prayer, and the intimacy of prayer, instead okay. of just following a routine or a method, Okay. and... Um, so I started reading books about it and finally got my hands. I read a lot of books, but I got my hands on good ones. Eventually you start sifting, right? Okay. Um, and Ian e. Bounds was a major player. Mm-hmm. Um, the Joy of Prayer that I've just read. Uh, wow. You know, he said something that really amazed me um, that hit home. The, we don't pray sometimes because we don't think it works. Wow. You know, and okay. so, yeah, that was important. And uh, George Mueller learned a lot from him. Um, and one of my favorites is uh, Leonard Ravenhill, um, if you guys know him, uh, but in his involvement with the Choctaw Nation, um, praying with them and having his prayer meetings that would last two hours and and hearing their experiences uh, mm. was good. So okay, I learned from those those men and and uh, and of course trial and error. <laughs> and, <laughs> so, All right. Yeah. Well, thank you, Howard. Uh, Howard said something that why don't we pray? Um, and he said maybe. And this is what he picked up in the book here was we don't believe it works. And you know sometimes when that. Goliath, in a sense, is in front of us, and we're praying, we're praying, oh, well, oh, it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And so there's something about persistent prayer that even Jesus taught. He said, be persistent, and that's a faith thing. Just yeah. keep on asking, keep on. And he talks about the, the, the woman, the widow before the unjust judge, and she just kept pestering him, and he wouldn't relent. And finally, he said... She's wearing me down. I'm yeah. going to give her what she wants. And I'm thinking, that's the way the Lord wants us <laughs> to pester him. So if you haven't been pestering him in a while, start pestering him because that's what Jesus says to do. Okay. I would say 
Jesus obviously is the number one. It's it's a given. Um, I was going to say that because all these people say the same things. The the common thread is okay. Jesus did it this way. Okay. You know that. There we go. You know, so it goes always goes back to the word. I will say that. Yeah. So, good. Yeah. Jesus did it this way. Yeah. So uh, the second question I had is, when did you get serious about prayer? <clears throat> I couldn't put a date on it, but I think it was around 2006. I was having a lot of problems in um, my social uh, church, things like that, things that didn't seem right. And I had to get serious about knowing um, certain things that the Lord needed to show me so that I'd be on the right path. Mm-hmm. And and then I and then I learned if I was persistent and was the persistent widow, God, I really need this wisdom, and and He revealed it to me. And it's amazing how He reveals stuff to you, not the way you imagine He's going to reveal it. It hits you from another angle that I think it it just hits home. So mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. when I first started getting serious. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, most of the people that I've interviewed, they end up saying similar things right here is that they really learned how to pray or they really get serious about prayer during the darkest times of their life where they had to reach out to God. And he was just saying, I needed, I needed to hear from God. And so I was just, and that's when I, okay, that's where God connects. And you know, it's the heart that he's after, not, not, the big words you can come up with are just the right prayer, but he want he wants that heart connection. Yeah. I, I will say this too, that um, when your relationships, especially with your spouse and your family, um, starts to get strained, it's because you're not praying enough and you're not dying to yourself. And, and like I said before, the, uh, the method um, the Lord isn't looking for a method. He's looking for intimacy and praying intimately with the Lord, really just pouring your heart out to him and uh, mm. telling him how you feel. And he'll reveal to you how he feels. And then you got to, okay, I see how you feel, but okay. So then that's when dying to self and then... I guess the icing on that is praying with your spouse mm. and praying with your spouse is hard because you have to open up to them and they have to open up to you and in it. But that's that, that perfect relationship between you and your spouse is when you can pray together and she can tell you what's really going on. You could tell in her prayers and vice versa. And I think that's how God designed it. Because that's where the power lies, is uh, an effective prayer, is being really honest with the Lord. Because he'll be honest with you. (laughs) He'll be honest with you. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Howard. Someone once uh, talked about that um, when husband and wife, the closer we get to God, it's that that, um, triangle. The closer we get to God, the closer we get to each other. And Satan does not want 
us to pray as families or couples. He'll do anything to keep you from praying with your wife or your husband. He'll keep anything so that that's where the power is. Satan knows that's where the power is. And even praying as a group, coming together, praying as a group, there's power there because you get to hear people's heart. We get to eavesdrop on each other talking to God Almighty. And there's an awesome intimacy thing there that we have. And so thank you. So my last question, Howard, is why pray? Yeah, so the, this is why I, uh, I wrote this last Sunday sitting back there. And I have a slightly autistic brain, which is very helpful. Because uh, I write things down in bullet points. And then it gives me a thought process. And then, um, and then I could think of scriptures that might validate what I'm saying. And so... I shared this with pastors Wednesday. He goes, oh, you're going to need to read that. So I'm like, all right. So it's the title prayer is, prayer is childlike. Prayer is obedience. Prayer is faith. Prayer is fruit. Prayer is the first fruits of repentance. Prayer is selfless. Prayer is powerful. Prayer is needed. Prayer is required. Prayer is mandatory. Prayer is how change comes. Prayer is how miracles happen. Prayer is how God chose to listen. Prayer is how God's kingdom operates. Prayer is how Jesus did it all. And prayer is your number one priority. And before doing anything else, lest you go off course, pray. For the absence of prayer is refusing to communicate with God. The absence of prayer is disobedience. The absence of prayer is without life. The absence of prayer is sin. The absence of prayer is lacking of faith. The absence of prayer is failure to grow, and it's fruitless. For prayer is to God's glory, and prayer pleases God. That's all I have. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that so much. Um, maybe, um, Howard, if you don't mind making a copy of that, because I think there's a lot of people, myself included, that would love to have that in our tools of staying true to God and of praying. Thank you so much. So um, I appreciate um, those of you that have confided in me that every time I get up in front, you're praying for me because I can put my foot in my mouth real easy. I'm pretty flexible and... So uh, thank you for for praying God's uh, spirit through me as I open my mouth that it would reflect um, his truth. So the most powerful thing that we can do is pray according to the word of God, according to his plan, his way, his word. Um, And so let's just do that now as we continue. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you because we need you. 
we've looked around and even this week we've realized that you're you're wanting us to find you and you have the truth you have the way you, you are life and so father we thank you that in 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 you is is all goodness and your word even says that you are love and so we know that we can be cared for that you have a perfect plan and ultimately eternal life to live with you forever when when you're we're done here and so we thank you lord god lord would your holy spirit move among us today and would you bring us to that next step that we all need as a group but also individually what what we need would you would you answer that prayer even today lord right now there's a young man named Bryce that is suffering with what they call leukemia and i just want to offer that for the uh, McKay family uh, grandson lord that you would heal him and lord that you would uh, orchestrate just the right um, things that need to be in place in order for him to get that total healing body soul and spirit and so father i thank you that in jesus name uh, the only way we can help bryce is is to ask you to help him and and then putting ourselves in the position of being that um, conduit uh, for your spirit to work, even through our prayers. And Lord, if there's any sin in me that might hinder you answering this prayer, because you want to use us, and you can do it without me, but my part and, and our part as a group here, And so, Lord, I want to pray right now. If there's any sin of rebellion against you, if there's any um, uh, thoughts that aren't good, um, would you just forgive us right now? And your word says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just. Forgive you your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. As far as the east is from the west, so far as your sins transgressions been removed. And so, Father, I just ask that right now so that our prayers can be effective and honoring you. So we bless your name, Jesus. And Lord, with that too, we want to um, also pray for Naya and the McGuire family. And in Jesus' name, your healing, uh, just that whole healing, uh, body, soul, and spirit for, for the whole family, Lord. We just thank you. We've been watching them go through this for a long time. And we, Lord, we want to be persistent and we want to see you uh, answer this prayer of healing for for all of them. And we just bless your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, So first of all, uh, with this uh, warfare that we're in, this spiritual battle that we're in, um, is first putting God in his rightful place in, in how powerful he is. And so a couple of verses help do that. Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6. So New Testament, and uh, because the New Testament is in the back and it's smaller than the Old Testament, I, I thumb my way in from the back. You'll, you'll get there quicker. But uh, there's First and Second Timothy in the New Testament. So 1 Timothy... Uh, chapter 6. And uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse uh, 15, 
I'm going to just pick up mid-sentence here, but I want you to hear how, um, how the word describes this God. It says, which he will manifest in his own time, he who is the blessed and only sovereign King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. And and doesn't that just, okay, this is a picture of this almighty God. Uh, I'm going to just hit on some coming through here. If you have your, you'll see the different references I have. I'm not going to look up the rest of them, but Nehemiah 9.6 says, um, he made the heavens and the highest heavens and he made all things in it and he caused them to have life and he is um, the creator of, of all things. And in Psalm chapter 24, it talks about him being the Lord of hosts this almighty, powerful God. And then in 1 John 3, 8, it talks about um, God Almighty's plan by sending the Son. He said, um, he's been sent to destroy the works of the devil. And so what we understand about Scripture is that when God created all things, it was beautiful in the garden. And then there was an enemy that was there to tempt Adam and Eve to not, live life God's way. And so they fell to that temptation. And ever since then, the enemy has been corrupting everything that's good. He's twisted it and, and, and then made it not good. Everything that God has made and designed. And so God's plan is to reverse the curse through Jesus Christ. So he sent his only begotten son into the world to destroy the works of the devil. He sent him to be the savior of the world. Um, He is Messiah, Christ, Savior, Son of God, Son of Man, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. He is everything. He is is all that we need. He came to seek and to save the lost. In Acts chapter 10, it says, of, of this Christ, of Jesus, says, the Holy Spirit and power, with the Holy Spirit and power, went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. And then Jesus said, I'm going to be leaving, but I'm going to send another helper, the Holy Spirit, and he will be with you forever. Okay. So, as we think about this life that we're in, and we see darkness, and we see evil, it seems like on the rise, um, we're we're in a we're in a war zone, um, you know the the news that we watch out of Seattle and we see stuff happening there and there's shootings and stuff going on. It seems like I'm seeing more and more of that, and then even in our own little Ferndale area, just down the street, there was a man that came in and shot his boss after he had uh, was fired. I guess a year or so earlier, he went back in and shot him to death right down the road here. And then there was another shooting just down Grandview, down here, another. And then uh, in Ferndale, not too far from where we are, there was a body that was found in, in a home that, there. And so something happened there that um, they discovered. And it's like, 
it's all around us. We're, this, the evil is all around us. So where is God? And that's the question that uh, a lot of unbelievers are saying, well, if God is so good, why is all this stuff happening? Where is God? So we're going to answer that question today. Where is God? And first of all, we need to understand that he's the creator and he's almighty. Okay, so where is this God almighty? Where is he now in all of this? Well, he's gathering a mighty army. And if I could have that first slide, Tony. And this is the, this is the power position for his army. And um, so when we realize that he has called us, that power position of prayer, and that's the slide you're going to see there, that power position of prayer. So I'm going to be showing some pictures of some military people, but um, so I'm not talking about physical military. They're just pictures to help us to see that you and I are involved in a warfare, okay? So here's your most powerful position. It's the most powerful position that you could do in God's army. So um, I love this part about God talking to uh, Moses. You remember the burning bush, and I know I've said it before, but it just tickles me. I just, I just love this. So the burning bush, and here is God speaking out of the burning bush to Moses, and he says, I've heard the cry of my people, and I've come down to save them, and so I'm sending you, Moses. But I'll be with you. <laughs> I love that. So the truth is, is if you've believed on the Lord Jesus, he's called you. And he said, so... My people need help, and I've called you. So if you've believed in Jesus, you've been called to a specific assignment. And it really is about the lives of people around you. The lives of people around you, they're at stake because Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. That eternal life forever. So God has assigned you, and he's got you on a special assignment right now with people around you. So God has a plan that's being worked out, a mission assignment, and uh, he's equipping you. Matter of fact, if you believed on Lord Jesus because of the Holy Spirit indwelling you, you are fully equipped with whatever you're going through right now. You're fully equipped. And your access to God is prayer, is, Lord, show me, give me wisdom, give me power, give me your love, give me, I need help. Okay. So just to make sure... There is an entrance exam to becoming a soldier of Christ. So go to that next one. There's, there's an entrance exam that we have to go through. There you're standing in line with your notebook, making sure that you're ready for this exam. So here's the exam for you today. All right. This is the entrance into the kingdom of God as a soldier. This is the entrance. It's easy as ABC. A, to admit that you've turned away from God's plan for your life, the good plan, to admit your sin. The Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. A, to admit. And even in the Psalms, it says, we all like sheep have gone astray. We each want our own way without, without God. So admit. So here's part of your entrance exam. Have you checked that one? Have you admitted to God and to others I've, I've sinned. I've turned away from God. B, simple as ABC, B, 
to believe. To believe that God so loved the world, he sent his one and only son, that he would come and he would spill his blood as a payment for the forgiveness of your sin. That you can be forgiven because of your belief in this love plan from God. Believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, it says in Acts 16. But believe. Jesus has the power to forgive sin. No one else does except for Christ. He is the one that has made the payment, the ransom price. He came and ransomed the world to himself by shedding his blood, by taking that place. See, sin can't be with God. Sin can't be with God. So through Christ, he made a way for you and I to come to God. So ABC, admit, believe, confess. Confess Jesus as Lord. So here it is. Lord means that God can tell you what to do now. He is your boss. Lord, if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, as Yahweh, as master now. So you are submitting his, to his lordship and not yours. You're saying, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you and I'm going to follow you with all of my heart. You see, if you haven't done that part, you've missed out on his power. You've missed out on his uh, clear focus for your life. So that lordship, if you confess Jesus as Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. I believe every day he's saving us from something. Maybe it's just yourself. But God is a saving God and ultimately for eternal life. So ABC, confessing his lordship, confessing his lordship in your life. Okay, ABC, so the entrance exam, have you passed the entrance exam today? If you haven't, um, come and see me afterwards. And your desire is that I want to give my life to the Lord. If that's you today, after the service, come and we'll pray together. I want to give my life to the Lord. I've realized I can only do this much and he's got all this for me to do. ABC, so so the kingdom soldier life. Uh, entrance exam. So pass the entrance exam. Um, then the next part of the soldier's life is a dedicated life, that lordship, that dedicated life. So there you go. There's, the Lord says that you're going to have trials in this life. But he says, um, I have overcome the world. Don't be afraid. And he promised to be with us forever. So the trials are coming and you're going to have to work hard You're going to have to cling on to work hard. You're going to have to go through a boot camp of training. See, ever since you've believed in the Lord as your Savior, uh, it says that you've been born again. You've become a little child in understanding how to walk in this new kingdom way, this new kingdom way of love, this new kingdom way in trusting God's plan. And so he's been training you. And sorry to say, the best way of training us is through pain. <laughs> we don't hear unless stuff happens. And it's like, I've got no place to turn, Lord. Help me. Well, you have people around us, you going through the same thing of training. So being trained. So loving his training, um, his appearing in Titus 3, 4, it talks about. So if you're still in Timothy, one, one book 
uh, after that is Titus. And listen to this training that he's doing. Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3. It says in verse 4, But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, and having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Okay. Poured out on us. So loving his appearing. Go back just um, to chapter 2 of Titus and listen to this new lifestyle that we're living in. Uh, Titus chapter 2, verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works, you and me. So he's been training us to walk a holy life, a life different than the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life. And so loving his appearing, but then loving his instruction, his instruction. Next slide. There you go. There's a happy soldier. Loving his instruction that God wants you and me to love his instruction In um, Psalm chapter 25, this is what David says about God's instruction. And uh, so I've been trying to memorize it, but um, just a couple of verses here. Listen to David's heart. Uh, Chapter 25 of Psalm, verse 4 and 5. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation, and on you I wait all the day. So here's that direct line to God, that praying all day long. But that kind of attitude where the, the heart, he loves the army. He loves, he loves serving his commanders. You and I love God's plan and our plan for us to be strong and our plan to save, to help being in that about saving other people's lives, that we leave no one left alone, that this, this plan of God, and he's dispersed his Holy Spirit among each one of us, so we're reaching people all around us, but loving his instruction. So what do you got to teach me today, Lord? Being that teachable, say, I want to learn, I want to grow, I want to be stronger, I want to I please you, Lord. That kind of attitude, loving his instruction. And then... Loving his armor that he gives us, this powerful armor really is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the, the Almighty, his power. So, I've, Yeah, there you go. You, there's some guys that love the armor. They've got a cannon there and they're feeling pretty tough up there on that thing. 
pretty powerful. Go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. This power uh, to overcome. This power from Almighty God. Ephesians chapter 6. And, and so here are the things that are, that are power, that are Holy Spirit power. Truth, righteousness, faith, truth, righteousness, peace. There, I missed one. Truth, the belt of truth, uh, the breastplate of righteousness, uh, the gospel of peace, the shoes being the gospel of peace, um, the shield of faith, and the helmet of salvation, and the sword, the word of God. And then he talks about prayer. So if there's anything in that, uh, in that armor that's advancing God's kingdom, it's the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit. And prayer is direct line with God Almighty for that direction and, and where to go and what to do. So chapter 6, verse 10 says, so we're in Ephesians. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand firm in the evil day, having done all to stand. And then in verse 14, having girded your waist with the truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith, which is able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, and with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And then he talks about himself, Paul, that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel. That's why praying. Prayer is a supernatural thing. Prayer goes in the invisible world. I believe the invisible world dictates the physical world. The powers of God, his ministering spirits, that's why we pray is that we need that kind of power to live the life that he's given us. So loving his, his armor, his power. So I was thinking about what are some of these things in our own lives as we get ready to uh, go out or we get ready to help someone? What are the powers even in our own lives? Well, listen to this. He's given us the power over self. <laughs> Sometimes you and I are, the enemy is right here. <laughs> I can't even get out of the house and I've got a battle going on right inside of my head and we can have power over that. 
in in 2 Timothy 1.7 says, You've been not given the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. He's he's given you power over self, over the old nature. You have a new nature. So he's given you that power. He's also given you power over the world that's out there. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. That's how it's kind of put together as the world is crowding in with, with things that that are evil, that are against God's way. So he has power over self, power over the world, and then he has power he's given us over the demons. Is that amazing to think about, that we have power over the demons? Uh, in 2 Corinthians 10, he says, the weapons of our warfare are not flesh, but they are mighty in God. And he talks about all the thoughts and all the things, all the knowledge against the knowledge of God, that we are to take everything captive to the obedience of Christ, to the obedience of Christ. So he's given us that power too. When Jesus sent out the 12 to go into into the surrounding areas, he said, I'm sending you out and you're to proclaim the good news of the kingdom. And you're to heal all sickness and disease and to cast out demons. Do you know that he's given you and I that kind of power? That we can pray and we can, we can be casting away uh, the powers of darkness. That he's given us the power in Jesus' name to come against that. And to pray release and the healing. When Jesus came, turn to Luke chapter 4. When Jesus came, his first message was in his hometown. Jesus came and he said in his hometown, uh, Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke. He said what he was up to in his hometown. And they were wondering about these words that came out of his mouth. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the needy or to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set free those who are oppressed and to proclaim acceptable year of the Lord. If you think about that, there's people all around us that are suffering uh, physically, spiritually, mentally, discouraged. And he's saying, I came to heal the brokenhearted. Do you have a broken heart today? Is there a relationship that's been torn? Is there a broken heart that he wants to heal for you today? Have Have you been caught in addiction? Have you been caught by the things of this world, he's come to set you free from those addictions. I, I think I shared this before. Out at Lummi, there's a young man that's caught in addiction, and so I'm talking to him about Jesus, and he says, all of a sudden, he says to me, so you mean you, you want Jesus to be my addiction? <laughs> Hallelujah, that's right. Yeah, Jesus' addiction. So that's what we're doing. The Jesus addiction. He can set you free. 
and those who are oppressed. And in, in uh, Jesus is reading out of, um, out of Isaiah chapter 61, and there it says, to set, to open the prison doors of those who are in bondage, those who are oppressed. So God's doing his work. So maybe you today need to be set free. Maybe you need a, a, a right view of who God is. Maybe God is opening your eyes to the, to the truth of who he is. And he's saying, trust me, trust me, follow me. God has that for you and for me today. There's a war going on all around us, sometimes in our own home, sometimes just right in your own vessel that he's wanting to set you free to live the new life, to breathe the free air, to walk with him. He's reversing the curse from, from the garden where Adam and Eve used to walk in the garden with God himself. That's the life that he has for you and for me. And the, the enemy is always trying to deceive us, always trying to pull us away from that, that freedom, to freedom to love, freedom to care, freedom to encourage through the power of the Holy Spirit to help people to find true life. So there's casualties around us. And the, and the interesting thing is, when we hear that question, where is God? Well, the truth is, he's right in you and me. He's here. Where is he? You're the one that brings healing. The words that you speak, the encouragement that you give. The Bible says that your temple is, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He was in you, that God has given you. Where is God? He's right here. He's in each one of us. He's beckoning us through his spirit to come out and do the work that Christ has been doing, to come out and save the lost, that we're part of that plan to bring joy in his presence is a fullness of joy. You know, when he sent them out to say the kingdom of God, it's good news. He's coming to save and he's coming to set right. He's coming to trust. And you and I get to see that power at work, that power at work. Um, turn to that next, next one. Slide there, Tony. Um, I'd like you to turn to this. Last verse that I had out of 1 Peter. Whoops. 1 Peter. If you turn to 1 Peter, best way to get there is go back to Revelation and thumb your way in. There's 1 and 2 Peter. Go to 1 Peter chapter 4. Um, and just so you know, just thinking about this picture that the gospel of peace, that you bring peace with you. The gospel of peace is wherever he brings you. That's what you're offering people, the gospel of peace. Wherever you go, and that's peace with God ultimately. Because people are frustrated without, without God being connected to their creator God. So you get the privilege of bringing peace to each one. But listen to this out of 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. 
And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. (laughs) That's Holy Spirit stuff when you don't grumble, you know. (laughs) As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. That's the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's manifested in different ways. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. And if anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. That in all things God may be glorified through Christ Jesus to whom belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. You've been fully equipped, if you've believed on the Lord Jesus as your Savior, you've been fully equipped to do the work that he has planned for you to do in helping people come to know the God of all creation through the love plan of Jesus Christ sacrificing his life on the cross to this amazing, powerful place of uh, walking his way. Do you know that because of Christ's spirit in you, you are no longer just simply a human being. You are superhuman. (laughs) You have the spirit of God in you. And the almighty God can do anything. So whatever limitations that you think you have with God, those aren't barriers. He either wants you to push through it or work around it. Whatever obstacle that is in your life today, it's an opportunity to watch God's power at work. But the key is that God wants to get all the glory. That as you submit to him in prayer, the most powerful thing you can do, you have a direct line to God Almighty direct line to God Almighty. And in his timing, he will show his power to you. And you have the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, to keep you, keep you on track. This is a love message from God to you and me. It's about God saving the world. 